subject of drawing close to God. Drawing close to God. I don't want to um, assume that I know where everyone's walk with the Lord is in the house today. But I, but I believe that uh, there's a reason that you're here on a Sunday morning uh, on September 11th, 2022. is because you're here because you want to get a little bit closer to the Lord. I, and I, I believe that fervently today. So here's what I know. When we draw near to the Lord, what happens when we run after him, this is how God works. When we run after him, he runs after us. When we take a step towards him, he takes a step towards us. When we reach for God, he will reach for us. When we approach God, he will approach you. When you seek him, you will seek he will seek you out. And when you search for him, listen to me, Jeremiah 29, 13 and 14 says, you, uh, when, you, when you search for him, you, when you seek, it says this, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Verse 14 says, I will be found by you. Amen. And so, and so we know this, that, that, that you, the reason that you will be found is because you took a step of faith towards him and he stepped towards you. So here's the here's what I do want to say and I'm I'm I'll, I'll come out swinging right now. If you don't feel like you're close to God, he was not the one that moved, you did. All right. Everyone dodging already, right? Here we go. Uh, it, it, it was you that went astray. It was not him. So I, I want to speak about this topic of drawing close to God and getting closer to him. Um, and, and I think it's good for, for you and me to hear this every once in a while. It's a good reminder to us. As, as the people of God, I should be growing in the Lord. And I should be in a different place than I was last year, last week, last Sunday, or even yesterday. I should be growing every day. This journey with the Lord, I am growing day by day by day. Amen? And so every day we ought to seek him. We ought to seek him with all that we are. And so um, I don't know about you. One of the benefits of seeking the Lord is this. I, I like living a life that's, that is closer and closer to him because this is what happens. When I get closer to him and a, a little bit, you know, it's like, uh, you know, it's like what John said. I must, I must decrease so he can increase. But what happens in that process of getting closer to God is he opens doors that only he can open. He shuts doors that only he can shut. And he makes a way where there seems to be no way because God can do all things better than we can. Amen. His ways are not our ways. His ways are higher than our ways. Matter of fact, Psalms 37, 4 says this. The, David would say it like this. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Amen. That is a powerful scripture. You ought to write that down. You ought to put that on the refrigerator. You ought to write that on your mirror. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. So the word delight there means to be soft or pliable to the Lord. How many want to be soft and pliable to what the Lord is doing? Amen. So when you draw close and you're pliable and your heart is pliable and it's soft towards the Lord, he will give you the desires of your heart. How do I know that? Because your desires will be in tune with what he wants for you. Amen. So verse 8 in, in James 4, 8 says this, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. So, so and, and this is what we need to know about that verse. That is a promise. 
You draw near to God, he'll draw near to you. That is a promise. Everyone look at your neighbor and say, that's a promise. That's not a promise from your friend or your spouse or somebody that can let you down. That is, from, that is a promise from a God with an unchanging hand who will be there, who will do what he says he will do. And so, uh, and so I, I said it, I believe most of us are here today because we want to draw close to God by the showing of hands. Say, hey, pastor, that's me. I want to be closer to God today. I want to be closer than I was yesterday. So my hope today is that you'll grow closer to God with, with some principles from, from Scripture and, and that we can use. And, and, and I love to say this, and you, you hear me say this on Wednesday nights when I teach. For every New Testament principle, there's an Old Testament example. So we can take a principle out of the, out of the New Testament. We can look and we go back to the Old Testament. We can find an example of what that looks like. And so I want to look at this scripture, James 4, 7 through 10. But I want to I apply it to this man named David. How many know who King David is? All right. Some of you know David and Goliath. How many know who that is? Same guy. All right, same guy. All right. So here's number one right here, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fire these off as fast as I can. Number one, if, if we want to draw close to God, according to James, can you put up that first verse, uh, verse 7 for me? Uh, it says this, according to James, the first thing that if we want to draw close to God, the first thing we have to do is this little word right here, submit yourselves therefore to God. Everyone say Submit. So the first step to drawing close to God is submission. Oh, that's a curse word in America, isn't it? Submission, submitting to somebody else, falling under, uh, uh, you know, falling under someone else's authority. The Greek word there is, man, this is a cool word, and I know I'm kind of, I'm going to butcher it, but it's spelled so cool. It's spelled U. U-P-O-T-A-S-S-W. Yeah, you want to try to pronounce that? But this is how you pronounce it. Hupazzo. Everyone say Hupazzo. That's really weird, right? So if there's any Greek scholars in here, I'm sorry if I butchered that. But listen, but it means this. The Greek word for submit there means this, to be subdued or under another's authority or to yield. You have to be yielded. You have to be submitted to the authority of Jesus Christ. Submitting means you're not going to get your way. Now it's quiet. Right? It's quiet in here. You know, it's, it's, this is funny. I, th I thought about this, and as I was going over this, you know, sometimes I'm in the car with Tristan, and we are deciding where we are going to eat. How many know that husbands and wives, the ever, ever bit of argument that that is. The other day, we were going somewhere, and I said, I said Tristan, let's grab some food. And she said, okay, where do you want to go? And I said, I want to go to this particular restaurant, and I won't call it by name. Okay, um, but I called it by name, and Tristan said, uh, it, it, you know, and she said, well, I don't want to go there, right? And, and so she didn't want to fall under my authority. And here's another time, you know, here's another thing that happens. Here's another thing that happens. Uh, uh, oftentimes, uh, we're in the car, and I'm like, hey, where do you want to eat? And she says, I don't care. And then I throw something out there, and she's like, I don't feel like that. Well, then you care. But I love her anyways. I'm like Jesus. I'm long-suffering. and I just go wherever she wants to go. Happy wife, happy life. All right. But here's what happens when we don't get our way. We, we cry foul. We say, hey, that's not fair. 
God, I want me. I, I want my way. I want, I want to do what I want to do. And, and, and honestly, we live in a society that's the least submissive society. Uh, I, I, man, like, like crazy. Nobody wants to submit to another's authority. We always say, it's me, 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 I, I, I. And here's the, what I've come to learn. Some of you, your lives are messed up, and they're messed up because it's been you, 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 I, 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 I. Boy, that'll bounce off all four walls in here, right around here, right? So if we look at this word submit, the, uh, uh, it, it, it also, the Greek, it's a Greek word in the military term that means to arrange a, a troop division in a military fashion under the command of a leader. All right. All you, all you vets in the house, when your commanding officer told you what you were going to do, not what he you know, not if you felt like doing it. When he told you what you were going to do, you didn't have a choice. You either submitted or you were going to submit after a whole lot of either PT or, or, or push-ups or whatever they were going to do. You submitted to that authority. It's amazing to me, like when we think about like a marching band. Have, how many have ever uh, gone to a, like a college football game and you watch the marching bands? You know why they are so good at what they are doing? Because they're under the command of a leader and they are telling them, hey, this is what you're, they are in sync, they are in step, they are in sync. And how many know that when we get under the submission of what Christ has called us to do, this is what happens. When I submit to what God wants, when you submit to what God wants as the people of God, we begin to walk in order, and we are in sync, and we're and it, the world's looking at us, and they're like, how are they crossing? How are they not hitting each other? It's because we're getting our orders from the same God, Jesus Christ. Amen? Whoo! I'm excited today. So, so back to David. Here's what I know about David. David, before he ever fought Goliath, before he was ever king, before he ever did anything, he submitted his heart. Say, so, well, who did he submit his heart to? His father. You remember when Samuel came to anoint uh, a king at Jesse's home? Where was David? He was out in the fields watching the sheep, the youngest kid. I'm the youngest kid. I know how that feels to be left out. I understand that pain. I, I, I understand how David... No, I'm just kidding. I'm not, I'm not holding a grudge. Y'all pray for me, all right? But, but anyways, but David, he is out watching sheep. His dad had forgot about him, even to the place that he had all these other sons. And he said, surely these are the ones. But you remember Samuel said, these are not the ones. And God would not get, let him. He said, do you have any other sons? Boy, that's bad when you forget about one of your other sons. You got too many sons, right? And, and he's out submitting to his father, watching the sheep. Probably out there going, they forgot about me. But before David ever fought Goliath, before David was ever king, he submitted to his father, Jesse. He also submitted to his, his father, Jesse, when his brothers were out fighting on, on the front line. They were, they were in, in the war with the Philistines, and Goliath was there. And Jesse said, hey, take these supplies to your brother. He was the first Uber Eats. He was the first Instacart. And so he's taking supplies to the front line there. He is falling in submission to what his dad wanted him to do. And it's crazy to me because David was anointed king there. Samuel anointed him king. But there was a period of time where he was anointed king, but he was still submitted to his father. So 
You have, you, you, uh, so if you have not submitted, you need to ask yourself, you know, why have I not submitted in my heart? Who are you agreeing with? See, it, see, the thing about it is submission, it is a struggle. Amen. How many know sometimes it is a struggle? When Tristan wants to go eat someplace, it is a struggle inside of me sometimes to be just a submissive husband and be like, okay, let's go there. And I know she feels the same way about me because I would eat barbecue every chance I got if I could. And how many know that's going to be at the marriage, uh, the marriage supper of the Lamb? Amen. But here's the thing. Submitting myself means I'm... I, I'm, I'm letting go of my own agenda. And I like James because he's like, yeah, that's exactly what you got to do right there. You, you got to let go. You got you to submit. I just got to let go of what I want, and I just got to give it to what God wants. Submitting myself means I'm letting go. James 4, 4, it says this. Therefore, whoever wishes uh, to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. You can't have one foot in the world and one foot with the Lord. It's going to be one or it's going to be the other. I like James, man. He just throws it out there. He just he, he throws it out there. So, so remember that submitting yourself to who? Not man, not the world, but to God. Everyone say, but to God. And this is what I know. Submission is voluntary. It's voluntary. We get the choice to either do it or not do it. But, but when we do it, it is necessary for us to draw closer to God. See, I see it all the time as a pastor. Sometimes people come to me for different reasons, and they want counseling. And here's what I've learned. They want to tell you what they want to tell you, but they don't want to hear what you want to tell them. Right? And sometimes that, that's tough, but submission to God's word over their life. They don't, well, I don't like what that word says. And I, I don't know if I, I, I want to come under the authority of what the word of God is saying in my situation right here. You better do it because, listen, your life will be a mess if, it, if you don't. So, so, so uh, here's what happens. Uh, under the authority of Jesus is, is, is not what you want. It's what he wants. And that may look tough to us. See, when I fall under his authority and the submission to Christ, that means I am obedient to him. I'm submitted to him. Uh, and here's what happens. He knows that I'm his child. And then what happens is uh, my doors begin to open and he begins to make things happen in my life. Let me tell you something. It's so much easier to be under the submission of what God is doing because he does things for you. He puts your step in front of the other. And you don't have to worry about anything. Amen. So, so everyone say submit. All right. Voluntarily you have to draw, submit to draw closer to God. Here's number two. Resist the devil. Resist the devil. Resist the devil. Resist the devil. Resist the devil and he will, he'll do what? Flee from you. So I remember in, in high school, well, not in high school, in, in elementary school, uh, this kid, I think I've told this story here maybe before. Maybe I haven't. I don't know. Uh, it's not one of my, my greater stories, but, uh, but it is a story nonetheless. And in grade school, a kid was picking on me. He kept calling me names and he kept, kept, kept picking at me a little bit after a little bit. 
and, and I was and I got frustrated. Anybody ever get frustrated with somebody just picking on you? And I tried to not let it bother me, and I tried to move on. And he kept picking at me, and I said, finally, I was like, that's it. Hey, buddy, me and you, we're going to fight. And, and, and we got in a fight on the school bus, worst place ever you could ever get in a fight because there's nowhere to go. And, and, and I remember I, we got in a fight on the bus, and we were swinging, and he was punching me, and I was punching him. And I remember our bus driver hit the brakes, and, and he comes back there, big old guy. I mean, he grabs us both by the hair, head of the hair. He couldn't do that now. And grabs us by the head of the hair, and he pulls us to the front of the bus. And, and, and we're sitting there, and I've got a bloody nose, and he's got a black eye. And we're sitting there, and we had to sit in the front of the bus for the rest, of, like, for like a month together, right then and there after that point. And I'll never forget, we were sitting up there after fighting, and he looked at me, and he said, I, I'm sorry. And I said, yeah, I'm sorry, too. And, and then I said, hey, do you want to go to church with me? <laughs> you better believe he came. And I'll get that other eye if you don't come to church with me. But there comes a point in your life, say, oh, ch pastor, why did you get in a fight? Well, listen, I'm human, too. All right. But, but there comes a point in your life where you have to resist you got to resist the devil, and he will flee. See, God, is not, uh, God has called you to live a life above the reproach of sin. Let me say that one more time. God has called you to live a life above the reproach of sin. What does that mean? When I come to know Christ, I am to live as holy and as sin-free as I can in my life. Will I make mistakes? There's times that I will. But God has given me the tools that I need to overcome the enemy to live a victorious life. Amen? Now, that's not popular, but, hey, that's the word of God, all right? That's the word of God right there. Um, but here's the thing. God has given us the tools to, to overcome the enemy, and sometimes we get it backwards. This is what happens to us. We get it backwards. Sometimes, instead of resisting the devil, we resist God. Right? Sometimes we're fighting God instead of the enemy. Sometimes we got it backwards. The problem is that the devil, he's very subtle. He's sly. He'll, he'll come in little by little, little by little. And he'll, you give the devil an inch, he'll take an inch. And then that inch will turn into a foot. And then that foot will turn into a mile. And then that mile will turn. And then you turn around and you go, man, my life is in shambles. And I don't know why. And I don't understand how all this happened. It's because of subtle little things that we allow in our lives. But here's what I know about the devil. He has come to steal, kill, and destroy you. But here's what I know. There is one that is greater that can help you overcome evil. And he he wants to give you life and life more abundantly, and that is Jesus Christ. Amen. I love that. I, I tell you what, I, that gets me going. Romans 12, 21 says this, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So how? How do you, how do you overcome evil with good? By submitting to God. By doing what's right in his eyes according to, to the Bible and resisting the devil when he comes in and he begins to speak to you. See, David, uh, you know, you remember the story, David in, in 1 Samuel chapter 17, he goes out and he's delivering food out to his brothers. And, and in the process of delivering food out there, he hears this big giant out there cursing his God and cursing Israel. And he's like, what's up with you guys? 
Why, why don't one of you guys go out there and fight them? And here's what happened is Israel, the, the army there, they are, they are, the enemy is yelling at them and intimidating them, and they don't want to do nothing about it. But David, little bitty David comes in with his little slingshot and his little five stones and comes in there and says, I'm going to take this guy out because he's not going to talk about my God like that. He's not going to come against the, 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 the nation of God like that. I, I, I'm not going to stand for it. And he resists the enemy. And you remember what happened when he knocked Goliath down and he cut his head off? What happened to the Philistines? They ran. They fled. I remember one time I made a quesadilla. How many know that quesadillas are of the Lord? I made a quesadilla one time. And I stepped outside. The kids were outside. I don't remember. I stepped outside. And we have a dog. Oh, Lord, we have a dog. And his name is Oscar. And I stepped outside, but for a moment. But the temptation was so great for Oscar because I left my awesome quesadilla that I spent time making right there on the edge of the counter. And he saw me leave. I'm sure he was watching me. And he smelled that quesadilla. And I turned around, and his paws were up on the counter, and he was going. And in like two gulps, my my quesadilla was gone. The temptation was too much some of you say, I, I, I don't feel close to God because the temptation is too much. And the devil is just whipping me and, and he's calling me names. He's bullying me and he's making me feel guilty. And, and you say, I, I've tried and I always seem to fail and I fail the temptation over and over and over. But listen to me. This is what 1 Corinthians, what Paul says. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, 14 says this. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with temptation he will also provide a way of escape that you may be able to what? Endure it. Therefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. Let me let me put that in layman's terms. Simply means this, resist from anything that does not keep God in the center of your life. God will make a way. He'll make a way of escape. Listen, some of us, we don't want a way of escape. We say, oh, I, I feel bad for doing this, but I don't want a way of escape. But God's like, hey, I will make a way. Listen, if that means you got to pray over your mind, maybe you have bad thoughts, and maybe you need to say, God, help help purify my mind. God, help my eyes to be, be good. God, help me to do the right thing. Help me to say the right things. Resist from things, lustful thoughts. Resist from things that will keep you bound. Resist from sin that will destroy you. This is what happens when we resist. We send the enemy packing. They're gone. And the enemy will leave. Everyone say resist the devil. Number, number three right here. I'm going to ask the worship team to come. Humble yourself. Everyone say humble yourself. All right, James 4, 8 through 10. There's a lot we'll unpack right here. But it says draw near to God and he'll what? Draw near to God and he'll what? And it says, cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be wretched and mourn and weep. Boy, that sounds encouraging, right? Uh, let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy to gloom. So if you read this verse at face value, you think, boy, God is a killjoy. God doesn't want us to be happy. He wants us to mourn. He wants us to weep. He wants me to not be sad. He doesn't want me, you know. But, but here's what I know, and here's a, good, this is a good illustration. Right now in this building, there are radio frequencies, right? 
There's radio frequencies going all over. The, how many know that there may be a football game floating through here right now, and you just can't see it? You know why you can't see it? Because you're not tuned into the right frequency. And the reason that this bit of scripture is in here, when you begin to draw near to God, you have to get yourself in the frequency or the posture for God to be able to speak to you. Some of you aren't hearing from God because you haven't been in that posture for a long, 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 long time. Oh, I, I, I tell you what, the, the, the position that James is telling us about is that one that will tune our hearts back to their frequency to hear and begin to draw close to God. See, um, wash your hands, purify your hearts, you double-minded. I, uh, I, I can't do that on my own, but David in, in, in Psalm 51, when David had sinned with Bathsheba and killed her husband, he was an adulterer, he was a murderer, he was a liar, he did all those things. When he was at that moment, Psalms 51 is a repentance of David in his heart. And he says something there in Psalms 51.10 that says this. He said this. He said, Lord, create in me a clean heart, O God. You know what that is? That's true repentance. You know what repentance is? You know what that means? That means, God, I'm going to admit that I did this, but I'm going to turn away from it. It's a 180. It doesn't mean that I stay here and I keep doing this. It means, God, I'm truly repentant. Nobody wants someone to say they're sorry for punching them in the face and then turn around and re-punch them in the face. It doesn't mean anything, right? But David here in this moment, this is why he's a, God, he's a man after God's own heart because, because he knew what he had to do. He failed miserably, but he knew where he had to go. And he said, God, create in me a clean heart. God, I have got a dirty heart. I have got a stony heart. I have got a mean heart, oh God, and renew a right spirit within me. It starts right there in repentance. God, forgive me. God, I, I'm sorry. I, I made this mistake. I messed up. I love David. I, I just love his transparency. And, and so look at this. This is not shepherd boy David. This is not David. David had already killed Goliath, so he's not on the battlefield. This is King David. This is a guy that's in charge. But he found himself in a humbled position where he had sinned against God. And let me tell you something. The, more, the older I get, the more I realize how humbled I am by God's grace because I know the nature of my my sinful man, and I say, God, man, God, forgive me. Verse 10 says this, humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will, what? Exalt you. See, this is what I know. When there's one foot in the world, or maybe we're all the way in the world, humility, when we can admit, when we can submit, when we can resist, that means I'm walking in humility. God, humility will kill worldliness. So three times we're promised God's favor and grace if we humble ourselves. In Proverbs 3.34, it says, toward the scorners, he is scornful. So if you're scornful, you're going to get scorned. You reap what you sow, right? You plant corn, you're going to get corn. But to the humble, what? He gives favor. Woo! How many want favor? Humble yourself. 1 Peter 5.6 says this, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, Falling under submission to the Lord, under the mighty hand of God, that, uh, that at the proper time he may exalt you. You want your, your path to be straight? Humble yourself. Simple. I know it's so simple. Boy, it's awfully hard to walk out sometimes. James 4, 6 says this, but he gives more grace. Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. 
See, that's the product of when I grow closer to God, I, I begin to walk in humility. And I begin to say, God, I don't have all the answers, but you do. I'm going to lean into you. I'm going to trust you. How many need God's grace today? Humble yourself. Humble yourself. That's where it starts. So, so I, I want to take a little bit. Uh, how many want to get closer to God? All right, I'm wrapping up, I promise. See, while David is a great example of these principles, there's one that is an even greater example of walking this out on earth, and his name is Jesus Christ. Let me show you something real fast. Number one, Jesus, when he came to this earth, he submitted to the Father's will. Matter of fact, he would say this, that the disciples were trying to get him to eat something in John 4, 34, and Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. I'm not worried about eating. You guys are worried about eating. You know what's food to my soul? When I do what my father wants me to do. When I submit to what my father wants me to do. Jesus is the greatest example. Luke 22, 42 says this. That father, if you are willing, remove this cup. This is Jesus in the garden praying. He's, he's trying to, he's, he's struggling with this, having to go to the cross. And he says, Lord, if this is possible, remove this cup from me. And then I like this. Nevertheless, Jesus never does the less. He always does, does the more. Nevertheless, not my will but yours be done. If Jesus can submit, guess what? I can submit. I love that. Here's another example right here. Jesus, he resisted the devil. I, I was talking to, to, to Brother Dennis on, on Wednesday night, and, and, and he brought something to my attention. He said, Jesus, when he was baptized, the, the dove came down, and the sky opened up, and, and, and the Lord said, this is my son and who I am well pleased. And then Jesus, after he's baptized, he goes from that moment with the dove and goes out to the desert, and guess what? He's tempted by the devil, what, three times out there? Forty days he's out there fasting and in, in, in there. And three times he's tempted, and three times Jesus resisted the arrows of the enemy. You know how he resisted the arrows of the enemy? By quoting the word of God. Listen to me. Some of you keep stumbling all over yourself in sin. You got to know the word of God. It will set you free. It will give you the words to speak. It's the greatest weapon that you have against the enemy. The enemy can't stand the truth, and this is the truth. And when you begin to quote this scripture, you will walk in victory. He humbled himself. I love this. Jesus. The apostle said it like this of Jesus. The apostle Paul said it like this of Jesus. Philippians 2.8. He said, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even the death on the cross. So Jesus submitted. Jesus resisted. And Jesus uh, Jesus humbled himself. So I want to I just tell you this today. Jesus is the greatest example that you'll ever have. And if he can do it, he doesn't expect you to do it if he didn't do it. He did it for you. He, and listen, it's even greater because what he did is he separated the wall. So when we take a step of faith and we say, hey, God, I'm going to submit to you. God, I, I, I'm going to flee the enemy. God, I, I, I'm going to resist the enemy, God. And the enemy's going to flee. God, I'm going to humble myself to you. What happens when I take that step, Jesus already broke that barrier. And he's like, I'm here. I already did this for you. Will you bow your heads with me all across this building? And, and listen, we've had a, a powerful moment. If you're here today, you say, hey, Pastor, I, I, need, to, I need to submit. God, I, 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 or I, I've been struggling with resisting the devil. Or I, I just simply need to humble myself today. Listen, we all need that from time to time. If that's you, under the sound of my voice, you say, Pastor, I, that's me. I, I need to submit. I need to resist. I need to humble myself before the Lord today. If that's you, 
through the sound of my voice, with no one looking around, would you just raise your hand? Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Hands going up everywhere. Thank you, thank you. God, we humble our hearts today. God, while the Spirit of God is moving in this, this moment, God, I believe that, that He is turning hearts. God, He is turning lives back to you. God, I believe that some who have walked away or stepped away, God, I believe that they're, they're getting things right. God, I pray for those who need to submit under your authority, God, again. Maybe for the first time, God, I pray, Lord, that they would would just do it with all their might. God, as they lean into you, God, I pray, Lord, that you begin to make their path straight, God. You begin to make things that were chaotic turn to peace, God. Lord, you begin to speak life into their situation. God, you would give them guidance and direction, Lord, as they delight, as they become soft and pliable to you, God. Lord, that you would give them the desires of their heart, which are your desires. God, I ask today, Lord, that those who are dealing with temptation, maybe resisting the devil, maybe maybe they're dealing with, with issues with, with pornography. I don't know. Maybe they're dealing with issues of, uh, of uh, you know, just living a life that, that is not above reproach. And, and maybe they're on the line of, of something that's not good, that's leading to death. God, I just, I come against the enemy right now. God, I pray, Lord. That like what the scripture says, Lord, that you will show them, Lord, the exit when temptation comes. God, make it clear, make it, make it broad. God, I just pray, Lord, you would make it right. God, I pray, Lord, that you would help them to find accountability in, in, in things, God. And none of us are perfect, but God, I pray, Lord, that you begin to do that, Lord Jesus. And lastly, Lord, we humble ourselves today, God. We, we want to draw close to you, God. And the only way I know how to do that, God, is to humble myself. God, as the people of God, we humble ourselves in this moment. Will you just posture your heart at this moment and just, just begin to ask the Lord to, to humble your heart, to help you to fall under submission to what he has under his authority. Not my authority, not TJ's authority, but the authority of Jesus Christ over your life. He would give you the ability to resist the enemy, to do what's right in the eyes of the Lord. In this moment, I believe that God will begin to exalt you. He'll begin to lift you up. You may have felt down. You may have felt disenfranchised. But I believe when you begin to humble yourself, God is going to pull you along. And God is going to lift you up and say, hey, I've called you beyond this. And God's going to make, make things great for you. If you're here and you say, hey, pastor, I don't know Jesus Christ. You want to dedicate your life today. I just got to give you this moment. I, I'm almost done, I promise. If you're here, no, no one looking around, and you don't know Jesus, you want to know Jesus, would you just lift your hand in this house? Anybody in the middle, I got to take this moment. I got to take this moment just to do this. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. All right. Will you stand with me all across this building? I want to know Jesus more. I want to draw closer to Jesus. How many want to draw closer to Jesus? Submit. Submit to God. Resist the devil. 
humble ourselves. And when we do that, when we draw near to him, he'll draw near to us. Amen. Do you receive that? Amen. Do you receive that today? God, seal your word today. God, in the mighty name of Jesus, God, I pray, Lord, that it would go forth, Lord, that it would forever change us. God, that, Lord, it would go deep into our hearts, Lord. God, I pray, Lord, that you would be with us this week. God, I pray, Lord, that you would protect us as a people. Lord, that you would be with us and just cover us under your, your grace and your anointing. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Everybody said amen. I, I do want to.